0: Together on our knees, let us break bread together on our knees. When I fall on my knees, with my face to the rising sun, O oh Lord, have the mercy on me. Welcome to The Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that The Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. With greetings and joyous expectation, I come to you today to present the message of A Living Christ to a Dying World. The Bible Speaks is a broadcast of the Harvest International Missionary Organization. Harvest International stands with men and women who have felt the call of God upon their lives to do something special for God or to go to some particular location for God. And that ministry continues. It's reaching out to people physically, morally, spiritually, Harvest International, through its buckets of love, has made a great impact on the needs of people in various locations after natural disaster, most recently to the island of Abaco in the West, in the uh, Bahamas. But the ministries of Harvest International go further and deeper, and I would love to have you get a good picture of the depth and breadth of this organization as we seek to serve God in the ways he has called us to. Visit us on the web at harvestinternational.org. That's harvestinternational.org. My part of the mission is to lift up the name of Jesus. I believe I'm called to call the church back to look at what it is that Jesus Christ intended for us to do. We live in an age when faith and Christianity are engaging a variety of ideas and thoughts. And people think of it in different ways, as long as you, quote-unquote, keep the faith. But the faith of our fathers, the faith of the early apostles, the faith of Jesus Christ are Articulated is a thing outside of the world's system intended to have an impact on the world system, intended to populate earth with people who God has fashioned for this day and age. And so I want to make clear that the byproducts of being a Christian, and by that word I mean... A follower of Jesus Christ, a Bible-believing, Christ-centered life will perform acts of kindness, show acts of love, take care of the needs of people around. But that's the byproduct. It's not the focus. It's a good byproduct, a necessary byproduct, a Jesus-oriented Bible product. But the basic and primary message that the Christian ought to engage and perpetuate is that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, paid the price for sin, died, was buried, rose from the dead, and is coming again. I am afraid we're losing sight of that verity. I'm afraid we are thinking that our mission in the world is to save the society in which we live. I just read... An account of circumstances in the land of my birth, Jamaica. And he spewed a long list of corrupt activities by the leading people, by many leading people in government. And I don't have to go back to Jamaica to find that. It happens here in the United States where I become a citizen, it happens in the lands of all the world, it's happening in the Middle East. It's happening in Africa. But my primary responsibility is not to straighten out the world. My primary responsibility is to proclaim Jesus. And that message, my friend, is not one that is embraced by the so-called secular society. And so the early Christians had a hard time lifting up the name of Jesus, defending the faith, but they paid the price. I'm afraid that today, as a Christian believer there's too much escapism I want to be on this side or that side so I don't have to pay the consequence of being isolated because of my faith I'm thinking of the words in Hebrews chapter 1 it says that God in the times past spoke to the fathers he's speaking to the Hebrew people now and I want to make a point about that in a moment He's speaking to the Hebrew believers in particular. And he says that God spoke to them in a variety of ways through prophets and priests. And now he says in these days, speaking from the time when Jesus came to earth, God is still speaking, but he's speaking to us in and through and by his Son. Jesus is God's language for you. Jesus is God's conduit for you. Jesus is the way by which we make our way to God the Heavenly Father. In this same book of Hebrews, we read about the pictures in the Old Testament when God instructed Moses to build the tabernacle and to put within the tabernacle three sections the outer court, the holy place, and in a, behind a veil of heavy fine twine linen was the Holy of Holies into which the high priest went once a year to atone for himself and the people. And that was a picture of what Jesus Christ would do when he took upon himself the form of man and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. It says that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, bearing my sin, bearing your sin. There came a moment when the veil of the temple was rent in the top, was torn from top to bottom, allowing access for the priest and the people and you and me. And we are therefore today instructed that we should come boldly, I say it again, boldly, into the throne of grace. And there we might find grace. And there we might find help. There we find God's provision for us in our need. And the greatest of our needs is to have our sins forgiven, a fellowship with God established. And Jesus Christ came to do that. I want to say this. I've said it many times. I'll say it again. Jesus's mission was not a renovation of earth's. Corrupt system. Jesus Christ's mission was a reorientation of the individual. It was a remaking from the inside out. And each of us who has come to Him by faith have become part of this heavenly group, made new, born again, brought in, invited, liberated from sin's quagmire. My friend, if you've come to know Jesus, You stand with the apostles and you stand with the early church and you stand with all godly men and women who are prepared to stand up, stand up for Jesus. In the book of Acts chapter 17, we get a picture of how brutally unfriendly the world was to those early disciples and they were running for their lives literally. And Paul had to escape and he comes to Greece And he goes to the place of philosophy and religion where men would stand up and women would stand up and question and challenge and get answers. And the Apostle Paul made it clear to them that there was no other way except in Jesus Christ. It says here in Acts chapter 17, but when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, They came thither and stirred up the people. These are religious people, folks. So religion is not the answer. And they immediately, the brethren, sent Paul away to go, as it were, by the sea. And later on, we find that Paul was in Greece. He was in Athens. And he says, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. And Paul, seeing that, his spirits being stirred in him, did not send out leaflets to have a demonstration. He didn't send him to go and raid the city hall. Paul stood up to represent Jesus. And then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered Paul. And some said, what will this babbler say? Other some said he seems to be a set of forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. My friend, when you preach Jesus and the resurrection, the world will not embrace you. They will think you strange. And they took Paul and brought him to Eropagus, saying, may we know what this new doctrine of which you're speaking is? For you bring certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. And then Paul stood up in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive in all things you're too superstitious, too religious. For I passed by and beheld your devotions. I found an altar in this with this inscription to the unknown God. This unknown God, whom, therefore, you ignorantly worship, I declare unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands, neither is he worshipped with man's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he gives to all life and breath and all things, and he has made of one blood all nations of men to dwell upon the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord if haply they might f- feel after him and find him. And Paul continues, for in him we live and move and have our beings. My friend Paul was saying that Jesus was representing God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he says, at the times of our ignorance, God winked at, but now he commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day in the which he will Judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he raised Jesus from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, others said, We will hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from them. Howbeit, certain men clave unto him and believed. There were differences in the group. There are differences in the group today. Will you be one of those who believes? Because after this day of grace is ended, the judgment of Almighty God will begin, and he's going to judge the world in righteousness by this man who is today our Savior. He will then be our judge. In Hebrews, we read it as appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. Friend, close in today. Embrace God's gift of salvation. Become a propagator of this good news. You'll be different. You'll be marked out. But God will bless you. May this be your experience. In Jesus' name. Amen. I've me yeah. yeah.